0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 2 Contents of the Gita summarized Text number 7 onwards Karpanyadosho Pahataswabhavah now I am confused about my duty and have lost all composure because of miserly weakness. In this condition, I am asking you to tell me for certain what is best for me. Now I am your disciple and a soul surrendered unto you. Please instruct me. Finally, Arjuna, who is playing the part of a typical materialist who believes in his own abilities, his own intelligence, and thinks that he can resolve all issues on his own, realizes that it's not possible. Even the most powerful rulers of the universe have to seek the Supreme Lord's help because there are issues even they can't resolve. So therefore, He decides now to seek guidance and that takes humility. In the 13th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna talks about 20 items of knowledge and the first one is humility. If we are not humble, we will never seek guidance, and humility is the king of all virtues. Only a humble person can bow down in front of someone, only a humble person respects others, only a humble person understands thoroughly that he or she is not perfect and needs superior guidance. So, some good sense prevails. And Arjuna now finally accepts his uh, inability to come out of the illusion that he finds himself in at this moment. And what does he do? Like all of us also, sometimes we find ourselves at crossroads where we don't know which way to go. We are completely confused. So Arjuna is representing all of us. And when we are confused, when we are anxious, when we are under stress what to do so many people do many things some people go into depression some people become lonely some people take shelter of bad habits some people take shelter of some psychiatrist healer uh, who can help to a limited extent only and some people just want to end their life but here is Bhagavad Gita the manual for human life teaching us the ultimate step that we all must take in order to deal with the confusion that we find ourselves in while living in this material world and that is shown by Arjuna when he accepts the shelter of a guru in his case it is Krishna directly who becomes his guru in our case we have to look for a guru in our life now who needs a guru? anyone Who has been blessed with the human form of life must have a bona fide Guru. Guru is the real guide. Now this word guru has been misused a lot in today's world. Anyone who is our guide or helps us in something, oh he's my fashion guru, he's my business guru, he's my this, he's my that guru. But please understand, the word Guru, this position has been created within the universe for a specific reason. For example, in a company, if there is a receptionist and we start calling him, he is our reception or he is our CFO, the CEO, he is our CFO, the peon, he is our CFO, won't the CFO feel offended? And the position of a CFO has been created for a specific purpose. The position of a CEO has been created for a specific purpose. We can't go around telling or addressing everyone as CEO or CFO. Similarly, the position of a Guru has been created in this world for a specific purpose. So only a person who guides us towards God, who reconnects us with God can be addressed as a Guru. Others we can address them as a guide, teacher, mentor but the word guru, the position guru has been only reserved for a person who connects us with God, who transmits the message of God to us as a transparent via media without any adulteration. So everyone who is blessed with the human form of life must search out that guru who can guide him towards the goal of life. The purpose of human life is self-realization, God-realization. The activities of eating, sleeping, mating, defending, even animals are doing that and they are better off than us. But human beings, they make higher inquiries. Their purpose is something higher and that is to realize who God is, to realize who we are and to realize our lost relationship with Him and how to revive that. Because human life has been given to put an end to the cycle of birth and death, to put an end to all types of miseries that we go through. Potentially we are all divine, but we have forgotten. So a person who reminds us of our divine nature is a guru. Now the next question could be, how do we find such a guru? Well, first of all we have to have a desire. And depending on the desire, the Lord will Guide us, inspire us from within the heart. He is situated in our heart as Paramatma, the super soul. So, before anyone else understands our desires, he understands. And what we are right now is the result of our choices or the desires we cultivated in the past. We are the products of our own desires. Just like a person who wants to have nothing to do with God, the Lord will give him. A situation or birth in a particular place where he'll have no access. But, as some, but someone who wants to come close to God, the Lord will create favorable situations for him also. So the Lord is like a neutral personality. As we approach him, he rewards us accordingly. He'll create the kind of situations around us that will best suit our desires. So we have to have a very sincere desire to find a guru. And there is a system within the universe that even if we are seated in the remotest corner of the universe and we desire to know God or to look for a Guru who can help us, then, or we want to understand the purpose of life, we want to find answers to questions like, who am I? Where do I come from? What is the purpose of life? Who is God? How can I put an end to my miseries? How can I rise above all this? Then, the Lord understanding our heart will send the right person to us or we will be guided to that person now what type of person enters our life as a guru will depend on how sincere our desire is some people simply want the level of spirituality but they don't do anything else they don't practice anything else they just want to have a level and to tell their friends oh I also go and that kind of person will enter our life as a guru who will even after twenty years not Uh, help us in any transformation of the heart because spirituality is all about transformation is all about purification of the heart from the vices, lust, envy, anger, greed, pride, illusion and also uh, the heart must fall in love with God our love, our attachment for Him should increase our devotion should increase if that's not happening we should also uh, look into our own hearts how sincere our desire was when we came across such a person our desire if it is 50 percent sincere then that kind of person will enter our life as a guru and if we are really very sincere to know the purpose of life to know God to understand why we are here then that kind of person will be sent by the Lord into our life who will hold our hand and guide us train us up and lead us to our destination so it has to be said that ultimately whatever we go through is the result for our own desires. If someone finds very deeply uh, involved with God consciousness, then it's a desire that he has cultivated. Somebody finds himself too far away, it's a desire that that person has cultivated. So we just have to be very, very watchful of our desires. And that's what the message of the Gita is. Sometimes many spiritualists say, Oh, the desire is the root cause of your misery, so give up your desires. But please tell me, is that ever possible? No, it's impossible. The desire to have no desire is itself a desire. We don't have to give up our desires. We simply have to learn to purify our desires, so that we don't suffer in the future. Since the human beings are blessed with the ability to make choices, they have that free will. So they are also held responsible for the choices that they make. So it is very important therefore to learn what are the right choices so that we don't suffer in the future and those choices are given in scriptures like Bhagavad Gita we are going at great speed. Sometimes people think oh if I practice spirituality, if I study Gita, start attending discourses then I might have to give up this I have to slow down I have to. I, mean, too, I have too many things to do but uh, Gita is not meant to cut down on our speed. It is meant to simply uh, give direction to the speed that we already have. What is the point of driving aimlessly? What is the point of running aimlessly? We have to have a destination. We have to have a direction. We have to be on the right path. Running is not forbidden but run in the right direction. That is the message of the Gita. So Arjuna finally has surrendered to a Guru. And who is a bona fide Guru? As I said, to find a bona fide Guru, we have to have a very sincere desire. So, Guru is not somebody who has lakhs and lakhs of followers. Is that the qualification of a real Guru? No, Baba. Hitler also had so many followers. But what did he do to the world? Similarly, we have somebody who speaks so well, a good orator. Is that the qualification of a Guru? No, there are so many orators. Do we start addressing everyone as Guru? Someone who is very charismatic, someone who is very famous. That's not the qualification of a guru. We have to go by scriptures. First qualification of a guru is that he has to be a devotee of God. For that he should know who God is and for that he needs to study scriptures. So a true guru will never ever speak anything beyond the scriptures. Anyone who speaks his mind out, in my opinion, I think, I feel, then there is no difference between us and him. He is also speaking his mind, we are speaking our mind. Who is right? Both of us are wrong. Because both of us are speaking from the level of little intelligence that we have been given due to our past karmas. A guru is someone who simply repeats the message of the Lord from the scriptures. That is the position of a guru he knows the conclusions of the scriptures and he is able to impart them to his followers in a simplified way a guru's job is not to make the teachings of the scriptures more complicated sometimes we listen to someone we have a question or somebody else asks a question or the person is speaking and we end up getting totally confused so what is the conclusion no and then we come say he speaks so well what did he say i didn't understand but he speaks so well we have defeated our own purpose a guru's job is to make the complicated teachings of the scriptures very very simple for a common man to understand that is the true expertise of a real guru so we have to be very very careful we should not go by externals unfortunately we are living in a world where we get impressed by someone's externals how he speaks, how he looks, how he appears, how he talks. In general, I am talking about, not just about the Guru. We get so enamored by the superficial external life, a lifestyle of people. And we also try to impress others by externals. That's the sad part of the story. So we have to come out of that notion. We have to give up that idea and learn uh, to deal with the essence so the real uh, quality of a guru is yes he is a devotee of God his life is dedicated to the service of God and he is uh, very pure at heart purity he has his senses under control he belongs to a proper bona fide disciples line guru shishya parampara so it is not a sectarian concept but it is given in the padma purana that who is the authorized representative of God? He must be connected to one of these four. There are four disciplic lines which are authorized by God to distribute knowledge about him in the most effective manner. One is headed by Mother Lakshmi, it's called Shri Sampradaya and the Acharya for this Sampradaya prominently in Kali Yuga was Shri Ramanujacharya, it is mostly active in South India. Most of the temples in the South Tirupati, Sri Rangam, Manant Padmanabh, they are managed or they are uh, taken care by the followers of Ramanuja Acharya then there is the one headed by Lord Shiva, it's called Rudra Sampradaya it's a Vaishnava Sampradaya and the Acharya was Vishnu Swami Vallabhacharya is Pushti Marg Sri Krishna, Sharana Mama, Sri Naraji follower this is an offshoot from Rudra Sampradaya only, so they are also absolutely bona fide then we have Kumar Sampradaya which is headed by the four sons of Brahma Sanat Sanatan, Sanandan and, Sanandana and Sanat Kumar. it is mostly active in Vrindavan the Acharya was Nimbarka Acharya and the fourth one is headed by Lord Brahma it's called Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya the Acharya was Madhva Acharya so any bona fide guru it's not a sectarian concept at all anyone who is distributing knowledge about God must have connection to one of these four now we may choose to go and accept knowledge from other sources as well but the point is then we will not get perfect knowledge. Like sometimes we are selling a product as a company. So we have some authorized distributors. Now people can choose to buy from others also, but we can't guarantee that you will get the original product. So this is what Padma Puran says. So, yes, a fortunate soul, a very fortunate soul, comes in touch with a guru. But that boils down to his desire. So we have to sincerely seek. Uh, such a guru we have to pray to the Lord let me be guided to your true representative let me not be guided by externals but your true representative who can reveal your divine self to me that's how we should be praying to the Lord even if we are an atheist even if we know nothing about spiritual life even if we are on the lowest stage from there also we can pray like my dear Lord I don't know who you are I don't know what is the purpose of life Uh, I don't even know that you exist but if you are there please guide me so we can pray like that and the Lord will help so we just have to be very sincere in what we pray for and rest the Lord will make all the arrangements so Krishna finally in text number seven from chapter number two he surrenders to Krishna sorry Arjuna he surrenders to Krishna and accepts him as his guru, and this marks a turning point in Arjuna's life. Similarly, when we are fortunate enough to have the shelter of a bona fide representative of Krishna, we also should consider ourselves to be very fortunate, and that also marks a turning point in our life. That marks the big end of the that marks the beginning of the end of all our problems in life. So, when we have problems in life. The only person we should seek shelter of is Guru, who can guide, and guide us on the basis of Shastra because scriptures are the manuals for human life. They can address the root cause of the problems that we are going through. So we have to look for the ultimate solution, not for the superficial immediate solutions. That can only come from the scriptures that can be revealed to us by a bona fide Guru. Text 8 Again Arjuna is confused in a confused state even after surrendering he is expressing his final thoughts before Krishna starts speaking in a helpless state Arjuna finds himself in I can find no means to drive away this grief which is trying up my senses. I will not be able to dispel it even if I win a prosperous unrivaled kingdom on earth with sovereignty like that of the demigods in heaven. So he's so depressed that he's thinking even if he gets the whole world, all the things in the world, he won't be happy. That's the kind of situation he's going through, completely depressed. Sanjay Uvacha, Sanjay is relating all these incidents to Dhritarashtra and he says now three different names are used here two for Krishna one for Arjuna now we know Sanjay has been trying to indirectly indicate few things to Dhritarashtra he mentions in the first chapter five signs indicating pandava's victory then in the first verse of this chapter he indicates krishna is madhusudana very soon he will destroy arjuna's doubts in this verse again after arjuna is feeling so depressed sanjay is indicating arjuna is he's used two two names for arjuna and two different names uh, for krishna for krishna he uses the names rishikesh and govindam For Arjuna, he uses two names called Gudakesh and Parantapa. So what is the significance? He is using the word Gudakesh for Arjuna. Gudakka means ignorance. Gudakka means sleep also. So he is trying to tell Dhritarashtra, although Arjuna is uh, appearing to be ignorant, but please know his Gudakesh, he has already conquered over his ignorance, sleep. That is why he is able to stand next to Krishna. So don't think he is ignorant and uh, parantapa means he is a chastiser of the enemy he will soon wake up of his uh, sleep out of ignorance and he will chastise your children he will defeat them he is parantapa don't forget that it is gudakesh he is not under any kind of illusion he is not bound by ignorance his gudakesh has already conquered that that's why is next to krishna because it is explained krishna haya uh, Krishna Surya Sama Maya haya Jahan Krishna maya The Krishna is like the sun, ignorance is like the darkness. Wherever there is Krishna, the light, the light of Krishna, wherever there is Krishna, uh, there is no ignorance. Just like wherever there is sun, there, is, there cannot be any darkness. And he is using the two names for Krishna: Rishikesh and Govinda. So Rishikesh means Rishik means the senses, the master of the senses. Govinda means one who gives pleasure to the senses. So, what he is saying is that Arjuna is appearing to be ignorant, but no, he is Godakesh. He is conquered over ignorance already, and he is going to very soon rise and chastise your people, kill them, destroy them. Uh, because, and then he is using the word Krishna, Krishna ke liye, Rishikesham Govinda, the one who gives pleasure to the senses, the one who is the master of the senses. He is trying to indicate that whatever ignorance arjuna is showing it is because krishna is controlling his senses it is only happening due to krishna's will that is why he's used the word rishikesham krishna is the master of the senses so that means our senses are the servants so arjuna's senses are behaving in this way manifesting ignorance or illusion Because Krishna, the master, is controlling those senses. So don't think Arjuna is like that. It is Krishna's will which is manifesting. And Krishna is right next to him. So therefore soon Arjuna will rise and fight. O descendant of Bharata, at that time Krishna... Smiling in the midst of both the armies, spoke the following words to the grief-stricken Arjuna. And then Sanjay tells Dhritarashtra, Krishna smiled. Why did Krishna smile? Because now a friend had decided to become a disciple. And understanding now Arjuna's humble attitude, now Krishna is ready to speak. Now Krishna knows that he has emptied himself out of his ego. And now he can enter his heart, he can enter his mind because now it's empty. And now all the instructions Krishna understands that he gives will now enter Krishna, Arjuna's heart effectively. So therefore now he is ready to speak. That is the end of text 10, chapter 2. And from text number 11, the instructions of the Gita given by Arjuna, the most valuable science, the science of yoga, begin, which we will discuss or start discussing from the next podcast. Thank you very much.